Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Can you believe this? Say it with your chest. Looking to push tempo here, the Pelicans. What the Pell is up? Everybody, this is Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans with your host, Elliot Clough, at Elliot Clough on Twitter. Make sure you subscribe and or follow depending on where you're listening to this show at this very moment. And if you're on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that allows you to do so, Leave a rate and review. That really helps us out. And be sure, I know you're all in little pelican circles, flocks, if you will. Share this podcast with a friend. That way you have some more stuff to talk about with your homies. Today, we are on our second episode of the Drew Holiday Trade Series, and we're joined by David Ramil of Locked on Heat. He is also a writer covering the Heat for Forbes. So this guy is well-informed on the Heat, their current situation as to how they will go forward with the cap and the like. Also, this was recorded pre their win last night over the Celtics, so we didn't really get to talk about that too much. This is also before the Nuggets ended up taking down the Clippers last night, which is some crazy, crazy stuff. I'm sure we'll be talking about that at some point in the near future. So here is our conversation with David Ramil of Locked on Heat. All right, and we're joined by David Ramil of Locked On Heat. He also covers the Heat for Forbes. David, I'm sure you've just got to be on top of the world right now, covering the Heat uh, and waiting for the conference finals to start against the Celtics. How are you feeling about your team right now? Well, they're great. I mean, they've been a lot of fun to watch all year long, but I, I, I think I'm speaking for everybody in Heat Nation that they have absolutely exceeded expectations. I don't think anybody really saw a path to the finals potentially happening in this year. Now, they're primed for greater success in future seasons, but right now, Jimmy Butler has been such a great fit. They've gotten such incredible contributions from other players around the roster. They made a midseason trade that increased their chances of winning right now. So they're playing really, really well. They've been fun to watch, and they, they look really good out there. I mean, I think I'm not, I'm not saying anything that anything anyone doesn't already know, but they look great, and I like their chances against the Celtics, to be honest with you. For sure. And I think I've mentioned this before on this podcast. Yesterday, I mentioned, or a few days ago with the fellas from Pro Pels Talk, I mentioned I'm a closeted Chargers fan. I also grew up a Miami Heat fan because of Dwayne Wade. And knowing what Jimmy Butler, who he is and what he's done in the league previously, it's been clear he's been a perfect fit in Miami. Now, I also mentioned that uh, in June, believe it or not, to one of uh, our guests previously that I thought the Heat were my sleeper pick to make it to the finals out of the East. And it looks like they really, like you said, they have a shot against the Celtics going into the Eastern Conference finals this season. Do you believe they'll be able to make it to the finals? And who do you think they'll be playing? How do you like the matchup for them if you have a pick for them to play somebody in the, coming out of the West? Well, it's, it's tricky because I think this was a roster built specifically to knock off the Milwaukee Bucks. The acquisition of Jay Crowder and Andre Iguodala at the trade deadline was to provide longer wing defenders, versatile guys that could switch on defense and make things uncomfortable, help build that wall against Adetokounmpo. 
and they did that. And they were really great in, in being able to defend Milwaukee. Now, of course, it's a completely different matchup against the Celtics. So it's going to be much more difficult. I think this will be Miami's toughest challenge. Now, having said that, I think they've got the personnel and the shooting that could take the series. If they advance to the finals, which opponent would I like them to see? Honestly, it doesn't really matter. If they get to that point, I think it'll be a huge success for them regardless. But I, I think just from a narrative's perspective, to go up against LeBron James, a former Heat player, I think that would be much more interesting than uh, the potential of going up against Kawhi Leonard and the Los Angeles Clippers, who I expect to eventually beat the Denver Nuggets, although they're right now tied for or well, they're going into a Game 7 soon. So that should be an interesting end to the series. Right. That'll be very, very interesting. I'm sure whoever comes out of that series will just be absolutely gassed too. So we'll see how that shakes out against LeBron James, AD, and the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. And I'm thinking hmm, this this Heat Celtics series is going to be really, really fun. And you mentioned that that it'll probably be the toughest series so far for the Heat. Obviously, they swept the the Pacers, beat the Bucks in five. I could see this one going six, seven, um, and really shaking out either way. Either way, it'll be a fun series. But looking forward for the Miami Heat, not necessarily this season. So so let's say that they don't make it to the finals. They they don't win the finals. They're likely well, they, they could be. In, in the Drew Holiday sweepstakes this offseason in reference to some of the stuff we said uh, off mic just a little bit ago. But we talked about this on, on our most recent podcast. And I'm, I'm curious as to what your thoughts are before we start talking logistics for a trade for, for the Miami Heat and, and Drew Holiday. I know some of the fellows at, at the Bird Rights have talked about this as well, too. I, mean, I write for them. I'm not sure if you saw that on my, on my Twitter or anything like that. But J.J. Redick, Trey Young, Kevin Durant, Andre Iguodala, member of the Heat, have all said that he is one of the top defenders, if not the best defender in the NBA. From an outsider's perspective, a, a guy that covers the Miami Heat, do you think that Drew's stock has increased this offseason? I don't know that it's necessarily increased. I think it's kind of plateaued, but that's, if anything, a testament to his great ability. I, I think he's one of those guys who's very vastly underrated, perhaps to the same level that a Chris Middleton was over the last couple of seasons, maybe not so much this season, as he's continued to get more all-star recognition and things of that sort. But Drew and the Western Conference continues to be one of the most unheralded point guards, two guards, just a great defender, great playmaker, a, a solid contributor in offense. He does everything well. He doesn't make mistakes for the most part. So I, I think he's just a really great player, a great find for New Orleans. And I, a player who, honestly, I could see not necessarily building around, certainly a, a contributor to a contending team. So I don't know that his stock has increased or decreased. I think it's pretty much the same. And again, I think he's valued around league circles. That would be my takeaway from anything. He's definitely valued around league circles. And it's the, the conversation turned to, well, I think the NBA really knew how good of a defender he was, how good of a player he was. It's really just, and you mentioned it, he's one of the most underrated players in the league, but mostly by the media, mostly by, by, by fans. He's just, he's a quiet guy. He's not necessarily right. the greatest shooter in the world. He does have plenty of talent on the offensive end, but it's well known throughout the league how good of a, of a defender he is. And I mean, hearing it from KD and, and Andre Godala, who's well-respected throughout the league, Trey, JJ, who's so well-spoken and does so well on his podcast, uh, it just reaffirms what a lot of people in the league already know. So in reference to Miami and to what they're thinking, if they do decide to make a push for Drew, 
this offseason, there's a couple issues with making that move, at least that that I've perceived and that you mentioned, again, before we started recording. At the moment, there's a lot of expiring contracts in Miami, so we're not sure exactly what they'll be willing to give up or what they will have to give up in order to get a guy like Drew Holiday. Will they be willing to part ways with Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero? And then what you did mention before we started talking on the mic was the Drew contract and the Heat making a play for Giannis. So we can't necessarily speak to those expiring contracts just because we basically don't know what's going to happen. If, if you have an idea, please, please say so. But we just don't know what that's going to look like. Do you think the Heat as an organization, if they make a move for Drew or, or anybody else for that matter, will they be willing to move some of those young pieces like Duncan, like Kendrick Nunn, like Tyler Hero? Uh, that's, uh, that's hard to predict. Now, Kendrick Nunn, I think he's lost some considerable value within the organization, not for anything on the off the court sense, but also just because his production on the court has been limited. It's been somewhat exposed during the Orlando bubble where, you know, he's obviously a solid scorer, but he doesn't do much else. Well, he's not a great defender. He doesn't make plays for others. He can tend to over dribble, pull up for bad shots, things of that sort. So he is not, an ideal compliment to Jimmy Butler and the rest of that roster, which is why he's no longer in the starting rotation. He's been replaced by an older Goran Dragic. So that is, I think, where Kendrick is standing in the franchise is at this point in time. Now, Duncan, he struggled a little bit in the playoffs. He has not been able to get that shot off as easily because he's been targeted, but he's still such a great decoy on defense, and there's so much gravity to what he can do on the floor because of his shooting and everything else. And he is beloved in that organization because of his work ethic, because of the way he's transformed himself into such a, a valuable NBA-level player. As for Tyler Hero, the view on him is that he is a future all-star, and he has shown incredible grit and tenacity, and he works as hard as anybody in that organization, which is saying something considering you have you know, 40-year-old Udonis Haslam still on that roster, and you've got Jimmy Butler. Somehow, Tyler Hero continues to impress people within the organization, and again, they see him as an all-star, a guy who can continue to improve on defense, and offensively, he's already taken several leaps just over the course of the hiatus. He's been very, very good, so um, to me, I think he's very valued there. I don't know that they'd be willing to part with Hero or Duncan as yet, uh, as for Nunn, I'm, I'm sure that they'd probably be more than willing to trade him. I was thinking the same thing for Nunn. I've talked a little bit about this trade with one of our friends of the show, Louis Prejean, in terms of how the, the Heat would or what the Heat would be willing to give up for a guy like Drew right now. And and I said the same thing about Nunn. I think his or his trade value is about as high as it's going to be right now because of what he did this offseason, placing second in the rookie of the year running. But then again, he's playing very, very little in the playoffs. How did you feel about him earning that second place position in the rookie of the year running? I know, I mean, Pelicans fans are like, whatever. Zion played 19 games before the bubble. But did you see that coming? Yeah, I think that's pretty fair, to be honest with you. I, I mean, I know it's not like Williamson. It hasn't been fantastic. But just because of his limited playing time, because he just didn't really – have the opportunity to be as consistently good as he is over the course of the regular season. I, I didn't think he was going to earn as many votes as I'm sure Pelicans fans wanted him to gain. At the same time, I knew that in comparison to John Morant, he was not at the same level. So I, I mean, I've seen Kendrick's production all season long. He's been phenomenal. I know early on in the season before he was kind of exposed a little bit around January, February, right around the all-star break prior to that, 
like guys around the league, coaches that you talk to about Kendrick, they all marveled at his ability to make the impact that he has. And they, they, I remember I was working on a story on Bam at a bio and I asked uh, Alvin Gentry about him and he was like, well, you know, the guy we should be talking about is Kendrick Nunn. So that was pretty interesting that hmm. even as, as great as Bam turned out to be this season and become an all-star at that point in time, which I think was mid-December when they were in Miami, he was more interested in talking about Kendrick Nunn and the impact he's had. So that, that was an interesting turnaround. That's pretty incredible. That's definitely not something that I think a lot of basketball players or basketball fans or or even Heat fans would would expect to to come from a member of the front office. But you mentioned the the Giannis situation going into this season and the fact that this coming season, I should say, and the fact that Drew has a player option at the end of this coming year to to go forward, and, and it might not work in terms of money. But there's there's two things I want to do where let's let's just for momentarily disregard the Giannis thing is is do you think Drew would be a guy that the Heat would want on their roster do you think he's a guy that you think would be worth shipping away some of some of the some of the players that are currently on the roster is he, is he a guy that fits with what Miami wants to do no he absolutely fits and I think he's been on Miami's radar before and the only concern is that contract now that as far as a, an on-the-court fit he'd be perfect not just would he be a great defender alongside Jimmy Butler another playmaker a guy who can on occasion get that bucket for you but that defensive tandem would be I think probably among the best in the league and and we've seen Miami be exposed somewhat as far as the point of attack is concerned where the primary ball handler can get past that initial defender whether it's Dragic or none or somebody along those lines and so to have a guy like Drew out there who can guard that position so well it would make things so much easier from a defensive standpoint when you already have great versatile defenders like Crowder and Butler and Adebayo so that would that absolutely would change Miami's I think I think they would become a much better defensive team. They were kind of showing signs of weakness prior to the Orlando bubble. And I think a guy like Drew, certainly his name was being buzzed about um, prior to the, 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 around the trade deadline and things that sort of just wouldn't work out because of the whole Giannis situation. So I will say that prior to this season, before the season began, because we weren't quite sure exactly how, how good this team was going to be. There was more interest in a player like, Drew because I think they they view their ceiling as being a little bit lower than they do now. Now that they've exceeded expectations to this point, they're thinking much bigger. They're thinking about getting the whale, as Pat Riley likes to call, a superstar type player along the lines of Giannis Antetokounmpo, perhaps even a Bradley Beal if they can acquire him, things of that sort. A, a, a player that could instantly take this team into not just contention, but long-term contention for a few years, maybe even a dynastic kind of thing. I... So yes, yes, absolutely. The 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 grabbing of Giannis is obvious. I mean, that's what the Heat do. They it's been well established. That's what they have wanted to do. Uh, in basically since the Riley era started, they went out and got LeBron James, Chris Bosh, etc. Um, went out and got Jimmy Butler. So that's just that's what the Heat are. That's what they want to do. And, and the way they've played this regular season and and in this playoffs has clearly made it a destination. On top of the fact that. Well, first of all, it's just Miami, and it's and it's gorgeous down there year round. Aqua water, as Colin Coward likes to say. I think adding Drew, if the Celtics become the the team to beat in in the East or the team that the Heat feel they need to get past, Drew would be amazing fit for them because he can guard Kemba, Jimmy can guard Jalen Brown or or Jason Tatum, and then you throw Iguodala or Jay Crowder on the other, and that's a damn near perfect fit for for the defensive scheme of what Miami wants to do and, and lock up 
the, the, the Boston Celtics. The other thing that I like about Drew in, in a trade scenario with a team like the Miami Heat is he is not the first or second option. We talked about this with, again, with our fellas from Pro Pell's talk, is that Drew has been expected to be the first or second option almost his whole career with the New Orleans Pelicans other than, you know, the Boogie Cousins days. And that's just not who he is. And he can be behind Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo as the third option on offense, and, and that's where he would thrive. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think the expectations for him would be that he's not supposed to put up 20 points per night. He's just there to contribute. And that's, look, in all fairness, I don't think anybody on Miami's current roster, even Butler is supposed to be that way. You see a much more egalitarian offense where everybody shares the ball. And sometimes it's a big night for Robinson. Other nights it's a big night for Butler or Adebayo. And so uh, even Goran Dragic has had huge shooting performances over the course of the playoffs. And so I think that would be a great fit for somebody like Holiday, where if there's a particular matchup he can take advantage, of that'll be his night to go off and, and produce big and then in the next night you know he could just go in there put up a quiet a quiet eight to ten points and that would be more than enough so long as somebody else is around to kind of take up the scoring load so that would be absolutely a great fit so here's the other half of the disregard Giannis thing which is it's just a crazy statement on my behalf but we're doing it anyway we're talking about Drew uh, what are you gonna do you know so if the trade were to come to fruition. I'm not sure if you've gone on to the, you know, the trade generator.com that everybody's saying who says no, you know, on Twitter. And uh, I'm not sure if you've looked into Drew as how that would work out with Miami, but what are you willing to give up? If if you were the GM of the Miami heat, who are you willing to give up to get Drew holiday in in a situation where they feel like they can get him and, and Giannis is out of the question? Well, I will say this, you know, as far as the Giannis factor is concerned, there's always the possibility that you could arrange with Holiday's agent that he'd be willing to waive that player option and affect becoming a free agent in 2021. And if that's the case, then he could just sign outright directly with Miami if there's some kind of a, a wink-wink agreement already in place there. If somehow you're able to acquire out of the Kumpo and then you sign Holiday outright as a free agent. And I think that's another part of Miami's big plan is that even prospective free agents this year, like Crowder or Dragic, are expected to take balloon-type payments next season, whenever that might take place. And the, in fact, becoming free agents the following season so that when 2021 at that point kind of starts up as far as free agency is concerned, everybody will be off the books with the exception of Adebayo and Butler. So it could work even with the Giannis factor playing in effect, being in effect. If, if, you know, again, this is, this is an ultimate pipe dream for Heat fans, but there is a scenario when you could theoretically acquire Adetokounmpo, have Butler on the roster, re-sign Bam Adebayo, and somehow still acquire another third or fourth superstar in holiday. So that, that is a possibility, however remote it might be. As far as what I'd be willing to give up, that is really tough to say because, I mean, everybody seems to contribute so well here on this roster. And, and again, you have either you have players of great value like Adebayo and Butler, or you have players of very minimal value. And it's not realistic to say, well, we can give you a Kelly Olenek and a Kendrick Nunn in exchange for Drew Holiday. Like, that's probably the best-case scenario for Miami, and that's also an unrealistic one. Now, Miami also tends to devalue draft picks. They've already traded a number of picks in the future, so I'm not sure what possible incentive they could add to that kind of a trade package. There just isn't much on this roster, again, that isn't a free agent or a player that has minimal value. So I don't know that there is a scenario where – I mean, again, they're not going to trade Hero. 
I don't think Robinson is on the books either. I, I, I'm not on the books. I don't think he's on the radar as far as a guy who they'd be willing to trade, even for a player as good as Holiday. So there's not much there. Either you, they value them very highly and they're not going to trade them for anything less than a superstar. And I don't know that Holiday fits that description just yet. Um, or the players that they'd be willing to trade just aren't valuable enough to acquire a player like Holiday. Right. That is a tough situation. And there's a lot of tough situations in terms of trades right now. We talked about Lonzo going to the New York Knicks and, and stuff like that. And, and it just doesn't seem to fit either. And between Pelicans fans and Miami Heat fans, I'm sure but what we've heard a lot of is, I don't know if we can get what we want out of that. I know uh, on, on our conversation with, with Pro Pels Talk, Ross Tevino said, I mean, are you willing to give up Goran Dragic? We don't want Goran Dragic because he's an right. older guy. We're looking at, I mean, basically it's Tyler Hero or bust in this sort of situation for, for Pels fans. So, and, and that makes sense for, for us, and, and it makes sense for, for Heat fans to not want to give up Hero because he does have a high ceiling and he can contribute so much to this franchise no. going into the oh. future. I'll add that, again, in, in that scenario that, you know, for whatever reason, maybe Adetokounmpo doesn't actually manifest. If somehow Miami is able to acquire another star guard that can stretch a floor to the same capacity as Hero, say a Bradley Beal or even perhaps a Donovan Mitchell, then keeping Hero on the roster is pointless. And so that's why you'd be willing to trade him for another type player. And I don't know that at that point that Holiday would be as good a fit. I don't – I mean, I guess the Holiday – Butler, I'm sorry, Holiday Butler and Beal or Holiday Butler Mitchell combo would, or trio would work, but at the same time, it's just kind of hard to envision how that fit would be. You'd, you'd need somebody like Hero who can continue to space the floor and make plays for others, and so that's why a player like Holiday is a, is a good fit for that because you know Hero is a great player and, and an up and coming one. But I'm just if you move Hero, it would have to be for somebody else in kind. So let's say Adedekumpo falls short, you don't acquire him. If you get out, if you go and get a Beal type player. Would you be still willing to acquire a a player like uh, um, like Holiday? And maybe that's the case. I don't I don't know. I haven't talked to anybody in the Heat organization as far as whether or not that's in the in the works because I just don't see that as realistic. Now for Giannis going into twenty twenty one or or whatever year that this happens to work out with with Giannis and and the Heat wanting to pursue him. How confident are you that the Heat would be able to grab him? I know the, the narrative has been Giannis is so loyal. He doesn't like change. He's going to stay in Milwaukee for his whole career. So how confident are you about the, uh, the situation of the Heat going out and, and getting him in free agency? I, I mean, it sounds cocky, but honestly, it's a pretty realistic chance. And it's not, it's not a knock on Adetokounmpo or his loyalty or anything like that, but it's just the proven track record of Pat Riley in that front office to make an appealing case for whatever player happens to be on their radar. And look, they haven't been able to acquire every superstar that they've gone after over the last few years. They struck out on Kevin Durant. They struck out on, on Gordon Hayward, even LaMarcus Aldridge a few years ago. But even those meetings, every player, every one of those players came out saying something positive about the Heat. In fact, just recently, Dan Lebetard of ESPN revealed that the Kevin Durant pitch was so effective that as much as he loved what Miami was pitching, they were selling him so much on the fact that they could turn him into the best player in the world or make it easier for him to be as good a scorer as he was in Golden State, that that's why he chose Golden State, because they would make things so much easier for him. And so similarly with LaMarcus Aldridge, when they were pitching him at a free agent meeting a few years ago, one of the things that stood out from what Riley mentioned was 
you know, go and be happy, find your happiness, you know, because that's what's most important. That's why he ultimately was going to choose the San Antonio, I'm sorry, the Phoenix Suns or the Spurs uh, over, over staying in Portland because he didn't see a, a title window happening there. And of course, it's not going to work out that way for him in San Antonio either. But at the same time, Miami and Riley just have a, has a great way of being able to connect and communicate and find the right pitch for players. And so, Proving to Adetokounmpo that you could be a superstar that could take your game to another level and compete for championships because they have the experience and know what it takes. I mean, look no further than 2010 on LeBron. Exactly, exactly. And speaking of LeBron, I don't think that the hate is going to be no anywhere near to the degree if Giannis goes there, but there's going to be some animosity from Bucks fans. That's, that's for sure. And, and from the league, do, do you see that happening? Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much a standard, I think. I, in 2010, <laughs> Heat fans became so polarized in an us versus them that that's even 10 years later, that's still consistently the, the case. When Miami upset Milwaukee, it was a, a big, you know, F you to everybody around the country to say we're back. And that was an opportunity for cocky Heat fan to kind of start their stuff a little bit. So, I mean, they're... They're okay with uh, being uh, viewed as the bad guys now and then. So I, I, if you can acquire out of the Kumpo, you take that chance. I think every other fan base would feel the same way. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I wrote an article about Darvin Ham fairly recently and, and the Pels possibly going to get him and had my fair amount of, uh, of scrutiny prepared for Mike Budenholzer and his coaching uh, capabilities this, this postseason and previous postseason. So, I'm pretty safe to pretty safe to say that going from Budenholzer to uh, Eric Spolstra is quite the upgrade. Uh, you know, it's funny because it, it looks like from everything that we're hearing that Budenholzer is going to stay in Milwaukee, which is kind of like putting the nail in your own coffin because I don't, <laughs> I, I don't understand that perspective either because his limitations and his unwillingness to make adjustments is kind of what cost them the series. And so if you're trying to prove to Adetokounmpo that Milwaukee is a place where you can make changes and stay, then keeping the same coach that has been so disastrously bad over the playoffs the last couple of seasons might not be the best bet to go. I don't know that there's another option out there, whether it's a Ty Lue or Mike D'Antoni, that could take that franchise a little bit further than what they've done. But I know that Eric Spolster has an experience. So that's, if anything, it's best for Miami that they're be willing to keep Budenholzer in Milwaukee because that's, if anything, that's kind of pushing <laughs> out of the Kumpo out the door a little. Exactly right. So, David, thanks so much for joining us today. Before we let you go, how do we check out the podcast you're writing? Where can we follow you on Twitter? You can always follow me on my personal account at dramil13, or you can follow Locked on Heat at Locked on Heat on Twitter. Check out the podcast. It's daily. And of course, I'll be providing all the coverage of the Eastern Conference Finals and Miami's run for as long as it lasts. Hey, I always say this about our podcast, but got to start saying it about uh, our guests as well. Make sure you leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us all out. And we greatly appreciate it. David, you're the man. Thanks so much for stopping by. You got it. Anytime. There you have it, Pels fans. Our second edition of the Drew Holiday Trade Series. Tomorrow, we'll be joined by Nolan Jensen of Nets Daily and SB. Nation. He's really pretty, pretty high profile in the Nets world on Twitter. So if you want to come back and check that out tomorrow, that is probably my favorite destination for Drew Holiday and the the best option for the Pels to get in ex- uh, some some pieces in exchange for Drew 
going into the future. So that would be a fun one to return to and listen to coming up tomorrow. Make sure you go give at Elliot Clough a follow. I am so close to a thousand followers and that makes it legit. So it would greatly be a great, it would be really appreciated if you did that. Also, make sure to go over to wherever you're listening. Just open up your phone and hit subscribe and or follow depending on where you are listening to this very podcast. Leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that allows you to do so. And you can also check out Believe on Make sure to follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and you can check them out on any other platform that you're listening to podcasts or just head over to Believe.com and type in what you're looking for. You can also check out The Bird Rights. I write several. I've written multiple articles for them. Also, Preston Ellis, Ali Cosell, Kevin Barrias, Chris Connor, David Grubb, they all write for The Bird Rights as well. Don't forget, head over to Twitter, give at Elliot Clough a follow, and leave that rate and review on Apple Podcasts. That'll do it for us today. Thanks so much for tuning in today, folks. Have a good one. Go Pels. Once again, I am Elliot Clough, and this was Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.